Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hey, welcome into the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountainland Supply, your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And uh, finally, we've got some snow melting, even though some snow falling. Uh, We've got... uh, Boy, flowers are starting to pop up. Uh, the trees are budding a little bit. It's uh, definitely approaching springtime, so definitely keep in mind our friends at Mountainland Supply because if you want your yard this year to look like your favorite golf course, then you got to shop where the pros shop, and that's at Mountainland Supply and mountainlandsupply.com where you can find a location nearest you. Bob, we understand that there are more important things going on in the world than uh, uh, golf and our little golf show. However, we also understand everyone's need to take a few minutes and take your mind off of the worries and the cares and all that goes along with what we're dealing with right now. It certainly is unprecedented. My plea to you would be kind to one another. Take the precautions seriously. Keep your social distancing and keep your wits about you and your spirits up because that's going to be very important. Looking out for your neighbor and your fellow man and most importantly, your family. And uh, certainly it's uh, it's a time to persevere, right? And push through. And so with all of that said, we're going to try to do our best as a service to you to take your mind off of the COVID-19 and all that surrounds it and talk a little golf. You know, one of the things, Bob, that I love about the game of golf is your ability to socialize one with another, not only on the golf course, but afterwards you go sit in the clubhouse and you talk about your round, you tell about this cool par you made here, or a long birdie putt you made there, or that one time, or this time, or remember that. And those are the kind of things we don't get to do much anymore. So we're going to turn Real Golf Radio into the Real Golf Radio Clubhouse this week. That's what we've been doing for the first two hours and really getting some in-depth conversations with our guests and one with another. And we even shared some things. If you missed any part of the first two hours, uh, we're going to get the highlights for you coming up. But you can always hit it on our Twitter page, at Real Golf, as well as um, other social pages, at Real Golf Radio. But the interview that we did with Karen Stupples, I, I thought for her to explain and share how she came, where she came from, and then becoming a Women's British Open champion, and now an analyst on Golf Channel, really, really neat stuff, personal stuff. It, it was, it was, what was really funny is as she was explaining stuff, I'm sitting there looking at you and you're wiping your eyes and I'm I going, was getting oh emotional. my goodness, I'm, Brian's getting emotional. He's crying. <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty classic. <laughs> uh, I, I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I'll, I'm happy to admit it. Um, sometimes I cry in commercials. I'm not, to, you know, I, I'm easily, I'm easily brought to tears, but this not, not to make light or put down what Karen said, Karen shared some really she did. personal, neat stuff. And it almost reminded me of that Kenny Perry, um, interview that we had, you know, I mean, sometimes we're able to bring out emotions and people are willing to share that. And it's to me that, that, um, uh, is that interpersonal human interaction yeah. that I just, I love. Yeah. And I, I could feel it. I could feel her emotions and, um, really cool. So we're going to play that interview for you. Also had a chance to catch up with Tony Finau out in his new home in Arizona. Find out how he's liking things out there, what his thoughts are with the 
cancellation of tour events and what he's doing to stay busy during the uh, quarantine periods. So uh, good conversation with Tony and uh, listen to his perspective. And it, and it was all good stuff. Tony's a great guy. We have him on the show quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he came to us from his new from his new digs in Arizona and still going to spend some time up here in Utah, have his family back and forth. But uh, Arizona is primarily going to be his home base now and trying to do what's best for his game and for his family. No doubt about it. Uh, so anyway, with that introduction, let's just get right to it because we had quite a bit of content and really some good stuff to share with you. So let's just start off. If you were not up early this morning, which hopefully uh, you were and listening and you can want to hear it again. Otherwise, we're playing it for you that are just a little bit later to rise on a Saturday morning. And our first interview is our first part uh, conversation with Karen Stupples. It's a two-part interview. Tony Finau to follow. So stay tuned for all of that. But uh, Karen's fantastic. As I mentioned, it's two-time winner on the LPGA Tour, including the 2004 Women's British Open Championship. And it's brought to you in part by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Here's our conversation with Karen Stubbles. Karen, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you, and uh, enjoying being at home in Florida. Yeah, that's not a bad place to be. And uh, I guess, first of all, everything good with you and your family? Everything okay during this uh, virus scenario? It's so far so good. Everybody's been been pretty cautious. We're we're a pretty careful careful lot around here. So we've been uh, we've been playing it very careful and uh, keeping ourselves to ourselves and and doing really what what the guidelines say, which is keeping our distance and uh, being prepared when we're at home for for Netflix binges. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. So it's watching Netflix and watching TV and having family time. Exactly. I've actually got out to do a little bit of uh, work with my son on his baseball, which has been really amazing for, for me because normally this time of year when he's starting his baseball, I'm off working golf tournaments. So this has been a, a really nice bit of time for me to have with him. And he's laughing at how poorly I throw a baseball. But, you know, that's how it goes, I suppose. <laughs> Did you uh, did you chuckle at all when you watched uh, Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas swing left-handed and shoot <laughs> shooting the uh, hundreds and high nineties? <laughs> I well, my my instinct was to laugh, but then I realized how bad I would look if I tried to play left-handed. So then I kind of stifled it a bit, and then I kind of went into that admiration mode. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I that was great though that they're doing some of that that they're able to get out and do some of that yeah. stuff and share it with us it's a comic yeah. relief right so you know one of the things that I find is so fascinating is the windows in golf and uh, certain players the window opens and they are just in the zone they can't be beat and they are they are they their game is on top of the world and it, it's amazing to see the longevity of some of the windows and the and the brief time that some of the windows are open for players mm-hmm. but 2004 for you Two tournaments won, both by five strokes, including a major championship there in, in your you know home territory there at Sunningdale. Um, talk a little bit about that year, what that was like for you. It was it was a really obviously you know it gives, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just just going back in time and and and, <laughs> and putting it in my mind as to, to remember. But it was a year that was brewing from 2003. I, I started to play really well towards the end of 2003 and really started to get my game in a, in, in a good place. I started working with a psychologist and my head was really just, I was just starting to come to terms with, with everything that, that my golf was about. My swing was in good order. My, my head was in good shape. I was working with the same trainer that Annika was working with physically. So I'd gained some yardage back in 2002. So everything was starting to sort of take shape and and, come, and, and 
round off nicely at the end of 2003. So when I turned into 2004, I decided to go and play some events on the Ladies European Tour. So I went down to Australia. I played in the, the Australian Ladies Masters. And I played with Annika in the final round. I played really well and, and played with Annika in the final round. And I, le- I had my final uh, learning lesson right there playing with Annika Sorenstam about how, and, and playing that final round, I saw what I needed to do to win. And it was like a, it was like one of those aha moments. I played golf and Annika got off to the fastest start ever imagined. I mean, she started crazy, like, like birdie, par, eagle, something silly. Like she was under par early, like fast up. And I thought, Ooh, I've got to, I've got to push. I've got to keep, I've got to keep pace. I've got to try and win this. I've got to try and keep up with Annika. But of course, in the process of trying to keep up and trying to make things happen, I actually played poorly. And as it turned out at the end of the round, I started to play better towards the end. Annika slowed down. We were a lot closer uh, than I thought we were going to be. And I, and I kicked myself because I thought if I hadn't have pushed early, if I had just kept playing my game, regardless of what Annika was doing, I still could have won that tournament. And so, so that was my learning lesson. It's like you can't affect what anybody else does. You can only play the best game that you can play. So regardless of what's happening around you, you stick to your guns and you play your game. Mm. So with that, with that in mind, I went over to, to Sydney. I was supposed to play in the Australian Women's Open. And I get there and, and I go to register and they said, oh, they said uh, we didn't receive your application form. I was like, oh. I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize and nobody told me that I had to fill out an application form for it. I thought because I'd received a sponsor's invite that I would, that it would just automatically go in, I would go and register and it would be done. So unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to play in the event, but I took a couple of days looking around Sydney and enjoyed the heck out of that, flew to Tucson, Arizona early and uh, started working on my game there at Tucson. And uh, that was where the Welch's Fries was being played uh, at, uh, at Randolph Court Golf Course there in Tucson. Randolph and Park, Desert yeah. Golf and I had, yeah, and, and Desert Golf and I had never really seen eye to eye, but I was playing so well. I was still playing well from, from, from what had happened in Australia and that near, that near win. And I played really well and I got myself into uh, the, the final group on Sunday there. And I started with a bogey on the final round and I thought, this is okay. You know, you meant there have been lots of good rounds started with a bogey. And, and I took that lesson that I learned from Australia into it. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens now. I just be the best player that I can be. And there was a couple of cool things that happened during the course of the back nine. I made an Eagle. I, I think it was like on the 12th hole and I started to, to pull away and, and, and I played some really good shots coming down the stretch and, and I stood on the 18th hole and, and I hit my tee shot into a bunker. I had to pitch out sideways because I was right out of the lip and then I hit it on the green. And I had about an eight, I had about an eight, eight foot of foot for par. And I know I'd won the tournament by this point because I had, I was, I had a five shot lead and, and I, I knew I'd won. And I was crying because I knew I'd fi- I finally was able to let myself, you know, I'm not going to, you know, hit, have a million putts from eight feet. I've, I've won. And I finally realized the dream and I was, my eyes, I, was, I couldn't see the ball. I couldn't see the hole. I was just crying. behind my glasses. I was crying because I just, I'd finally done it. And I was thinking about my parents and everybody that had sacrificed for me to be in that spot at that time to, to be a winner on tour. And it was something that I didn't know or even, you know, I didn't know was ever going to happen. And I, and there it was, it was happening right, right there. And uh, I went ahead and I made the putt. 
and uh, I ended up with the you know having the, the raw score uh, record for the LPGA by making that putt. I had no idea, even though I couldn't see the hole, couldn't see the ball. Um, my sunglasses <laughs> were full of full of tears. But it was just the most most remarkable thing ever. I mean, it was. I mean, winning for the first time is is. I mean, I can't even describe properly what what it really truly means because so many people sacrificed so much and have given and had gave so much for me to be in that spot at that time doing what I was doing. Um, and, and really, it, it pales into insignificance. You know, the work that I put in for it, and and, I, and it really didn't. I didn't care for me. I mean, I didn't care about the wins for me. It was I cared because it, it was going to mean more to everybody around me. So that that was so that was that. And then, then of course, you, you're playing well. Like you think that you can win everything after that. Okay, hold on, Karen. Nothing... Hold on, Karen. I got. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. I, 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 I'm, I got tears Brian's in my eyes. Wiping his eyes. I'm wiping my eyes here. I mean, this is this is great stuff. I mean, you're sharing some really real stuff. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is what yeah. golf can do. I mean, you you can feel you can feel the emotion with you right now. I think yeah. that's awesome. And uh, I, I mean, what did your parents say? I mean, what was the feedback? I'm sure you had quite the hug with them too. Well, it, it, they were obviously in the UK, so they, they weren't, they weren't there for it. They weren't there for it, but they, they were able to, I think they were able to watch it on TV. Um, but it was, it was the fact that I had done it and, and they were, it was like a, a satisfying phone call, you know, telling them that I had, that I had won and that I had done it. And, um, my dad was like, I always knew you would. We always believed that you would. This was always meant for you. And it was, it was really cool because they, you know, everything that they'd given up. I mean, my goodness, my, my parents don't have very much. My, you know, growing up, my mum pressed blouses in a factory and my dad directed traffic around the port of Dover. And then, and then he got laid off when the channel tunnel was built and, and he ended up driving a minibus for mentally handicapped people. So he, so he, you know, we come from really hardworking people. We don't have an awful lot in our lives and, and uh, they sacrificed so much for me to even just play golf and to get to golf tournaments. And, you know, I remember one time, um, you know, wondering why we, we'd been eating sausage and mash for a long time. I mean, my dad <laughs> grew his own vegetables. And it was because they were trying to save money for, for me to go and do something. And he said, you know, they probably remortgaged the house numerous times and took out, you know, max credit cards out just to get me places to play golf and, you know, little things like that. And, and then finally I'd, I'd made a money. I was making money. And, the, the, you know, one of the first things that I wanted to do was to, was to do stuff for them. And so, we, you know, I ended up redoing the bathroom and buying them a car and doing different things for them over the course of 2004, you know, obviously with the win at the Women's British Open was a bit of a help in that department too. But it was, you know, I made sure that my family had, had things that they, that they would never have had. And I always think that everything happens for a reason, you know, and I have, you know, my family have never really properly... Um, paid off their homes or own their own their own stuff. We really hardworking people, and now finally we were able to do that. We were we had our own stuff and we had our own things, and it was pretty pretty special to be able to to help out in that way and give back to my family. All right, that was our first interview with Karen Stupples, brought to you in part by Hoops Vision, HoopsVision.com. Uh, now is a great time to go on to HoopsVision.com, find all find out more about 
everything they have to offer there at Hoops Vision and HoopsVision.com. Uh, they, of course, uh, are the leaders in LASIK technology and the latest and greatest, Dr. Hoops and Dr. Hoops Jr. They are the best. People come from all over the world to get their eyes done. Bob and I did that. Boyd Summerhays, Bruce Summerhays. Uh, I think Clay Ogden and uh, many, many others, Mike Weir, Mike Reed. Uh, so those uh, in the know, they trust Hoops Vision. And if you mention Real Golf Radio, when you sign up for a free comp- comprehensive consultation, you can save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure at Hoops Vision and HoopsVision.com. Part two of our interview with Karen next. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. The first thing can teach young people how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity in their daily lives. The first thing helps young men and women become better golfers. But even more important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirsty.org. Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? 
When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Want to feel the need for speed on the golf course? Come into Uinta Golf and check out the new Cobra Speed Zone Drivers, Fairways, Irons, and Hybrids. The new King Speed Zone Driver and King Speed Zone Extreme Driver has been designed to go as fast and straight as possible. New Speed Zone King SC is Cobra's first ever carbon fiber iron line that delivers maximum speed, power, and forgiveness. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new Cobra Speed Zone Series golf club. Uinta Golf, home of the 90 days satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you here on 1280 The Zone, brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. Here's our continued conversation with Karen Stupples. You mentioned the British Open winning that, that championship. You also won that one by five shots. But tell us, yeah. tell us about that experience with them winning the major championship. Yeah. And also, you know, you talked about starting fast in a final round and you did about the best that anybody's ever done. <laughs> this is, this is very true. Um, I had played the week before the women's British open at Evian and finished fourth. Again, I had an opportunity to win, didn't quite pull it off, but I went, I went to the women's British open at Sunningdale and Sunningdale is a course that. It is is not a Lynx course, but it has some Lynx qualities to it that the bunkers are, are particularly penalizing. So if you get in the fairway bunker, the chances of you making par are pretty slim. So I went in there with a with a different approach that I was going to play really conservatively off the tee, knowing that there were some par fives that I would be able to get to in two and make my score on those holes and just see where it puts me. But as long as I tried to limit the amount of bogeys that I was making, I could I could maintain a good pace of, of offense around the golf course. So I, I played I play pretty well through, through the first three rounds. Um, and it, you know, I, I wasn't in the final group teeing off on Sunday. I was in the second to last group. I was playing with, with Christy Kerr, and uh, the lead group was Rachel Hetherington and Heather Heather Bowie, Heather Bowie Young. And so I knew that with it, suddenly they'll start par five, par five. So I knew that I needed to get off to a good start. And if I wanted to make ground on the leaders, I would typically have to make at least one eagle in those first two holes just to, just to try and make up ground so I could catch them with a chance to, to potentially run them down as, as the round went on. So the, the first hole, I wasn't feeling particularly nervous. I, I felt pretty calm. I'd had a good warm up. I didn't feel like I was, you know, off off the charts, amped up or anything. But I absolutely ripped on a drive down the first hole. Had a five iron into the green and made about a fifteen foot, fifteen to to eighteen foot eagle putt. So I'm like, okay, that's my eagle. That's the start I wanted. That's exactly what I needed to get off to let the players at the top know that I'm here and I mean business because I knew that that's what Annika had done to me back in Australia. I knew that if I could put that fast start on them, that, that I would have a chance to, to intimidate them to try and make, make a move that they don't want, want to make. So Eagle at the first, I'm like, great, this is phenomenal. This is just what I needed. So then the second hole, I hit a, a pretty decent drive again at the second hole. And the, the, the second shot at the second is, is kind of a blind, blind, blind shot downhill, um, 
to to a green and a hole that you can't see. You can just about see the top of the flag, especially if you're only five foot four like me. Like the the height thing is a bit of an issue. So uh, so I get on get up down to where where my tee shot ends up, and I've got two about 220 yards to go and because it's you know I needed to land it short I, I pulled the five iron again and I hit the five iron and I'm like oh this is uh, it's kind of on a good line it's looking pretty good and then it's, obviously the ball lands and the crowd's clapping because they know it's going to be pretty close and then the clapping gets louder and louder and then they just go crazy they just absolutely erupt I'm like I think I may have hold it <laughs> so I had to ask the walking commentator who Maureen Medill uh who worked for the BBC? I'm like, what happened? She said it went in. It went in. I was like, and so that, so so then I had a little delayed, delayed reaction there that I was jumping up and down and and uh, I've made I've made the, the the albatross the double eagle and there I was uh, five under par through two holes and <laughs> eagle double eagle start in a major. I mean, come on, yeah. how crazy is that? I know. And everybody, I mean, everybody around the course, you know, when I spoke to people about it afterwards, they were like, we thought that the scorekeepers had had a, had had a little mad moment because there was no way anybody would start like that. <laughs> but they soon found out that it, that it was real. And that's exactly what, what had happened. And both of them on the five iron. My cat, both with a five iron. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Both with a five iron. <laughs> the, the five iron was, uh, so let me think, five, it actually accounted for, for six under par of my final round, my five arm, because I used the five arm as my second shot into, into 16. And, uh, and I made a birdie, for, I hit it to six foot and I made a birdie there too. So it was, so it accounted for, for six, six under of my shots. <laughs> that is incredible. That's, that, so were you nervous then? I mean, going eagle, double eagle, did you get nervous or at that point? Like, holy cow, no, look what, what I've just he, done. Well, here's the here's the funny thing. You know, people talk about being in the zone and being in the moment. I don't remember much of that middle part of the round um, at all. I only remember the bits that I really saw on saw on TV, and so uh, in highlights and and all the rest of it, it was kind of I was in the zone and I was just in that moment of of literally just. Uh, hitting the shot that one at a time and, and not really, not really knowing, but I kind of felt like the, the, the moment for me, you know, was the joy and uh, of hitting the ball right out the middle of the club face, exactly where you want it to seeing the ball, seeing the ball fly exactly as your mind had pictured it and, and seeing the result and the res- getting the results that, that you're expecting to get. It was, it was quite surreal playing golf, but there was, there was, pleasure not in the actual numbers that I was putting in the scorecard but the feeling that I was getting as the club was striking the ball that was the biggest thing for me that I take away from the, the, the whole of that that experience so as I went through the course of the round I played through 14 and I was standing on 15 tee and I had a one-shot lead on the 15th tee and the group behind me was was trying to chase me down and it was a par five and Rachel Hetherington hit the green in two I'm thinking gosh if she if she two putts then we're all tied and then it's game on on these last few holes and for whatever reason the group in front of us was was messing around up ahead and I was having to wait on that tee and I was able to watch what was going on behind and it was really it was at that point that I really started to get nervous because all of a sudden um that the the tournament sponsor was out there on the tee watching that the crowds had got massive and I'm like oh this is real it's it's happening. This is real. And it, it was at that point that that point that I got into my head, 
I could win the Women's British Open. I could win the Women's British Open. It, it like hit me like a, a ton of bricks. I'm like, good grief. It, it, it really could happen. And then I got nervous. <laughs> then it was then on standing on that 15th tee that I'm like, oh, my stomach started to churn and my hands were shaking. <laughs> and the, 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 15th, the 15th was a par three. And it was a long par three. And I had a seven wood in my bag. And it was always going to be between a seven word and a four iron. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit the seven wood. And I was so lucky that it was the seven wood because I was able just to kind of, I, I mean, I didn't hit a great shot. It, I hit it a bit off the bottom, but it got somewhere around the green. And I'm like, okay, thank goodness. Thank goodness I'm around the green. And then I made the putt. It was off the charts making, wow. the, making the putt. It lipped in on the low side. You, things like that just don't happen, right? Lipping in on the low side. Well, it happens. So, so I hold out for a double eagle and then I lip in on the low side. I'm like, well, uh, this is just, just my time. This is just my time. People can't, you're not going to be, people can't beat me. So the next hole, the 16th, I hit the five iron up to about a few feet. And then after that, I, uh, I've made a, a 40 footer at the next for a birdie and end up winning by five. Unbelievable. <laughs> you're within one shot with three to play and you win by five. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't it not? Wow. Wow. That is such cool stuff. Karen, thanks so much for sharing that. I would love to keep going. Unfortunately, we're, we're out of time in the segment, but man, that was so fun to listen to that and how you, how you recap that. You always come on and do a great job and talk about, you know, the other things going on, the current players, but it's fun to look back on, on your story and, and uh, your experience and congratulations. What, what tremendous, precious memories. Oh, it was absolutely amazing. And, and, you know, what made it even better was that my parents were there to actually see that one. Sure. And uh, it was so awesome. So awesome. You got Thank the you hug for then. letting me relive it. You got the hug then, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got hugs and tears, and I, I think my dad was crying more than me on that one. <laughs> All right, there you go. Some great stuff that was shared by our good friend Karen Stupples, the 2004 Women's British Open champ and analyst for Golf Channel as she sat down with us here inside the clubhouse of Real Golf Radio and shared some great stories. We really appreciate Karen for doing so. Coming up next, we're going to welcome in Tony Finau, our conversation with Tony from his new home in Arizona. And it's brought to you in part by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's up next, Tony Finau right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Temperatures are dropping, and you know what that means. Frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, and worse. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you. 
Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Reshape your golf game at Uinta Golf with the new TaylorMade Sim Family. The new Sim Shape and Motion Series is here, featuring the Sim, Sim Max, and Sim Max D-type drivers, fairways, and rescues. Sim woods have been reshaped to increase your distance and swing speed, while the Sim irons are made so you no longer have to compromise distance and feel. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new TaylorMade Sim Series golf club. Now at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, and this segment brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply, the official Rainbird Golf Irrigation Supplier in the state of Utah. If you want your lawn to look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop where the pros shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. Love catching up with our good friend Tony Finau from his home in Arizona on quarantine. Well, I mean, as much as he is with everyone else doing the social distancing as he is trying to do his part. And we had a chance to visit with him. And here's what he had to say. Hey, Tony, how are you, man? Hey, BT, Bob. How you guys doing? Really good. I mean, considering the circumstances, right? I mean, uh, we're, we're healthy here. And uh, how about you and your family? How's everything for you in Arizona? Yeah, we're all good. Family's healthy and, and strong and 
yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a time to be alive, you know, with everything going on with the coronavirus and uh, things that have been shut down. But our family's doing well, and 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 we're just trying to do our part to, uh, you know, with all this social distancing stuff, just uh, just trying to do our part. Yeah. So Tony, you uh, you grew up here in the, in in the Utah area, lived in in kind of the Lehigh area, and you you decided to uh, take the family and move them down to to the Phoenix area. Um, thoughts about how, how, why you did that and how that's going to benefit you, especially with your game and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So last year I came back from the PGA championship, uh, which was played mid May. And at the end of May, you know, the, the Tuesday I got back home, I think it was like May 20th or something like that. You know, there was snow at my house, <laughs> which was, which was quite, quite crazy. But, uh, with my family and the kids' ages, you know, I've been thinking uh, about having a, a home in a little bit warmer climate, climate for a couple of years just to make sure I'm sharp and playing. And, and after that incident last year and, and snow being at my house so late in Lehigh, um, I kind of turned to my wife and said, hey, I think it's time, you know, that, you know, I guess we get another, you know, maybe try another spot in, in Arizona or California and, and see how we like it for the wintertime just so I can, you know, continue to try and get the reps I need for uh, to be competitive for, you know, for as long as I can. So that was kind of the whole thought process, you know, it was just, I didn't want to put um, my family, you know, have to sacrifice too much, but you know, our, our our children are at the ages where uh, they're all out of diapers and, and, and just, you know, I think we were ready to take that move as a family and, 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 and also for, for my game. So that was the main thought process behind all of it. And, and we finally made that move at the beginning of this year. You know, I, I, uh, we got a place up here in Scottsdale, and, and we're really enjoying it. I'm having a good time, and, and you know, I think I've kind of shown early in the season I was a lot sharper and, and a lot due to just getting more reps in in, in, in the wintertime. Tony Fina, our guest here on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know, you know, in following Mike Weir and his career um, – throughout, you know, the early 2000s and whatnot, he was on an airplane to Palm Springs frequently, you know, in order, and, and there's a, yeah. there's a price to be paid there, right? I mean, leaving your family and being gone. So I imagine it's nice to be able to go out and practice and come home and have your family right there. Yeah, no doubt. It had to be a family move. You know, it wasn't one I was going to make on my own and, um, and without, you know, still the um, support of my wife, you know, she's, she's the biggest part of and, and my biggest supporter. So to have her on board and, um, and just, you know, this, it was, it was a big move for us. I've never been away from home, Utah. And, and, and so, but I knew, uh, just at this point in my career is something that I wanted to try. And, and so far we're liking it, you know, we're still only a, a few months in and, and obviously this whole coronavirus thing, uh, you know, it's strange not being home in Utah, but, uh, you know, we're doing, we're doing well and we're enjoying it so far. Well, and the other thing it has to help is, is being so close to your teacher Boyd Summerhays as well. Yeah, no question. Boyd lives about seven minutes away from me, and and we're both members at the Silverleaf Club, which is up here in, in Scottsdale, and and you know get to see that you see each other often, and that's that's a great thing for me and for my game. And he's also just one of my one of my great friends. So, um, you know, we both I think really relied on each other, um, you know, throughout different circumstances in our lives, and and especially the golf portion. So he's been a he's been a great friend. Hey, Tony, uh, your thoughts on the year so far? Obviously, you're really close there in Phoenix, and you've had some good finishes. Uh, I know you're still chasing down that, that next W. And by the way, you seem to enjoy that little Sam Harrop tribute song, right? You took that in, in good stride. That was all fun. <laughs> yeah, somebody tagged me on Twitter, 
and and I had to check it out, and I and I and I laughed. I thought it was a good uh, <laughs> uh, a good little uh, rendition, a uh, good little remix. So I told him, you know, when I have that next win, he needs to come out with another song. So um, <laughs> yeah, he he said he said he'd do that. But uh, yeah, I think it's all you know, it's all fun and all fun and games. You know, I um, you know, I try my best to uh, to just enjoy the the social media part of being an athlete. You know, because there's there's uh, so much good to to, to be had and, and to be learned. There's a lot of bad as well, but um, you know, you take that as an athlete, you take that these days and then just, and just roll with the punches, you know, there's going to be criticism no matter what. So, um, but as far as, as far as my season, you know, I've got, off, I've gotten off to a great start, you know, obviously a sour taste in my mouth, uh, you know, leaving and, and thinking about waste management and what could have been there. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I was, I was supposed to be in Saudi Arabia that week and playing the Saudi Arabia national. Um, but as we mentioned, uh, as, as we just talked to, uh, spoke about, my family was in the process of moving. My kids were uh, just about to start school and, and I just, uh, and with you know, all the security issues going out throughout the, the world at that time, I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. So I ended up just staying and, and playing close to home and, and making sure I was there for my kids and my family and in our most recent move. So it ended up working out, you know, I, I haven't even made the cut at the waste management, I think for the last four years. So, um, of course, I make the weekend and 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 almost win, but um, you know, I I think I've I've learned that you know my game is is in a good place early this season, and whenever we get back going again, uh, I'm excited to get back out and and play. But I think I've gone on gotten off to a nice start and and put myself in good good position to uh, to win again. So along with getting back going again, of course, we know with the coronavirus and everything, you know, it looks like now two months of the PGA tour has, has been canceled, um, yeah. through the Byron Nelson. Uh, what, what were your thoughts when this all started at the players championship a week ago? And uh, after playing the first round, uh, things getting shut down. Yeah, it was just, just really weird. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't really know how, how to put it. You know, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't surprised by any means, you know, sitting there, um, Thursday night and, and getting a, a text message late from the commissioner and, and, you know, just a mass text that the PJ tour had sent out. Um, it was just, it's just a really strange feel. Um, but you know, the more we learn about the virus, um, the more you understand the precautionary measures that we're all taking and that organizations have to take at this point to try and flatten the curve for the deaths and for, uh, those that are being tested. Uh, the number is, is staggering when you look at it. And as I just try to do my research and learn from it, the precautionary measures that are being taken in the sports world and, you know, that are affecting me personally with the PJ Tour um, are, are a must. You know, those are things that have to be done. And so I totally understand it. I totally get it. And, and I support it. You know, we have, to, we have to think about others' health and the health of everyone around us before our, ourselves. So um, I, I totally understand where these organizations uh, lay. And unfortunately for me, you know, I, I, that means no competition for, you know, potentially a few months. But again, you know, this is about something bigger than, than playing the game of golf. Tony Fino joining us here on Real Golf Radio. I think that's really well said, Tony. But and uh, and how much how I guess, you know, this at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of discussion around the, the PGL, this new premier golf league that was coming up. And I, I wonder what, what it's like to have, uh, you know, you, a lot of players have come out and said, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of the PGL. I'm sticking with PGA tour, that type of thing. I wonder in this kind of a scenario, um, how, you know, 
how does that affect your decision? Seeing how you've got a commissioner who is, you know, being proactive and, and doing what he can to take care of everybody involved and, and the, 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 I guess the stability of being part of a, an organization such as the PGA tour. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I can only speak from um, things that I know, you know, and I, and I know the PGA tour is, is an amazing tour and an amazing organization to be a part of. Um, you know, the charity that they, you know, the amount of, that they give back to charity and then just having a commissioner like Jay Monahan, you know, who's an amazing person and someone I respect uh, very much. Uh, and, and in his position, I think he's taken, um, taken on his, his role as a commissioner and, and done, done an amazing job. So um, the PGA Tour is in a great place. And, you know, I, I'm a proud PGA Tour member. I, I don't know that much about the PGA, the PGL um, from what I've heard. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, different um, a team aspect to it and, and different things. I don't know enough about it to speak on it. Um, but I, I do know that, you know, the PJ tour is in a great place. We have a great commissioner and, and I, and I'm a proud member at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. So going, so going forward, um, of course, Augusta national has been postponed. looks now the, the PGA championship as well. Um, looks like things could happen with the USGA as well. Um, what about, uh, what about, uh, reports that we've heard about the Ryder Cup. Anything going on there? I haven't heard anything. I know there were some false rumors uh, that, that were kind of servicing the golf world yesterday. I heard, you know, that they're looking to postpone or even uh, move it to 2021, which would then push the um, the President's Cup to even years, which would be the, you know, 22. Uh, but, at, you know, they came out with a tweet that said that that was just uh, a rumor. So, um I think the Ryder Cup is still on schedule as planned in September, and and there's been some speculation that uh, I think the Augusta National and the Masters is looking at the date in mid October, and I think those uh, sources have kind of been confirmed. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to you know seeing it up at Augusta National. I think that's a place I really enjoy, and you know whether we play it uh, in the summer or in the fall or in the winter, uh, I think you know everybody that is involved in the tournament wants to want it to happen. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, we can overstress the players how much we enjoy playing it. So I hope they, I hope they do the right thing there and, and just make the event happen. You know, we'll play it. <laughs> we'll play it in the middle of the week. We'll play it at the end of the week. Uh, any given, any given week. I don't think, uh, they need to step on anyone's toes and, 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 and have it be played during another event. But there, we have some open dates, I think, and, and they're looking at the mid October and hopefully they can make that happen. You'll play it on one ankle, on two ankles, doesn't matter, right? <laughs> exactly. Broken finger, I'll do whatever. I'll play it. <laughs> no doubt. And by the way, it doesn't matter if it's he's coming at you top ten, top five, final group. Here he comes, Tony Fino at Augusta. I can't can't wait to see you back there. And yeah, we're we're all on board. In fact, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to be uh, cooking me up some egg salad sandwiches and, and uh, getting out my old master's cups for the week, just doing what I can to, to, to make it like I'm there. So uh, we'll, we'll all be yeah, missing no that in April, huh? So hundred percent. So, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of crazy things going on right now. So what are you doing to keep yourself busy besides TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I had to make my TikTok debut since I've been, hanging out at home so much. I'm like, well, I might as well get on this TikTok thing. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I've been, we've been cooking, you know, cooking, I've been cooking every meal for our, for my family and, um, and just, and just being with my, being with my kids, you know, I think, uh, we're pretty safe with just being six of us and, 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 you know, without, and with not having the coronavirus, but 
um, just hanging out at home, nothing really. You know, I, I, I started to, uh, you know, touch up on my learning a new language, which is, you know, my native tongue, Tongan, and, and just trying to learn that. I mean, there's, I think, you know, studying some, uh, some church material and, and getting ready for our general conference. So there's a lot of things, you know, that, I, that we're doing as a family and just, and just mostly just being, um, being home is the biggest thing. All right, that was Tony Finau joining us here on hour number three, the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. And uh, just always great to catch up with Tony. Such a good guy and such good perspective, as always, and what you would expect out of Tony. Yeah. Love love talking to Tony. He's such a great, great guy. Uh, pretty unfortunate. I know he was excited to have a chance to get back to the masters again, but that'll come and hopefully it'll be in an October. Like he said, mid October. Yeah. Well, that would be ideal. And, uh, you know, the guys, as we joked with him, you know, he's top 10, top five, one ankle, two, he's ready to roll. And I'd uh, love to see him get another crack at, uh, at Augusta soon. And hopefully his game's going to come around. Hey, Bob, uh, before we go, it's time for our favorite segment each and every week. And that is what are you smoking? well, Anyway, I'm not sure that's the name of it, but brought to you by Barbecue Pit Stop, our good friends, three locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, and Layton, barbecuepitstop.com. Hey, this is a time where we're kind of stuck at home. It's nice to have a smoker in the backyard to be able to, you know, cook up your own food, and I know you've been busy. Yeah, I have been busy. It's, uh, I've got the the Traeger uh, Timberline 1300, and uh, yeah, I did a pork butt, Uh, so I've got that done for sandwiches and that kind of thing got some in the freezer and uh it's gonna be good you know what gina's always asking for out on my uh yoder the tri-tip she wants the tri-tip oh tri-tip is so good and i i i have a tri-tip and a chuck roast and a brisket and a prime rib all in my freezer oh man bob's gonna be if your neighbors with bob you're gonna be smelling it uh, all weekend (laughs) long but uh, hey if you want to get in on the act that you want a yoder you want a a traeger you need sauces rubs whatever it may be our good friends pellets they've got it all there at at barbecue pit stop and barbecue pit stop.com well that's gonna do it for us really appreciate dave glauser for joining us and again as we said off the top of the show we know there's more important things there's there's more serious things going on in the world today and hopefully you enjoyed this short time to take a little break and uh, enjoy some stories around the game of golf that we all love. We uh, wish you and yours all the best during this time, and you can always hit us up on social media. Give us your thoughts and uh, communicate with us. At Real Golf is where you can find us, and uh, as well as on our personal Twitter feeds as well. There are bag rats, and then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. We can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper. Here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. It's kind of like the bat signal, you know, when things are going bad in Gotham City. The the anthem comes up and the spotlight goes out and we look for a little relief and it comes in the form of the caddy. How are you, caddy? Don't ever bet against America. That's how the caddy's feeling right now. I like that. Yeah. I agree with you. Hoorah. 
Good stuff. All right, Caddy, we're going to have some fun uh, on the show. Obviously, we're not talking about the Copperhead course at Innisbrook this week, which we otherwise might have been. A little snake pit discussion. It is always fun to talk about the the three-hole stretch known as the snake pit and compare it to other three-hole stretches. How many times have we done that on the show? What's the toughest three-hole stretch? Would you go with the snake pit? Would you go with the bear trap? What about Amen Corner? You know, all these uh, fun little names that we have in the game. And, and we, but What's we're that not, one? The loop, the loop in... Uh... Uh, yeah, the horseshoe, the horrible horseshoe. The horrible horseshoe. There you go. Yeah, That's the other one. Don't want to leave that out. Nope. I, I guess if you want to talk about that, I, I was just saying how we usually talk about that, but we could continue talking about that. Maybe Caddy's thinking. Hands down. Best three-hole stretch in golf is the finish at TPC Stadium course in Spograd. Really? It's ridiculous. Anything can happen there, and it has happened there. I mean, you could have – uh, let, me, let me put it this way. As – most of our listeners may know I caddied for a victory at the Players Championship, and I saw a leaderboard, final round, 14th green, two-shot lead. A couple thoughts went right through my head. Hey, we could win this thing, and immediately followed by, or we could finish tied for 32nd like a couple guys have from this position. And so, of course, we promptly three-putted the next two holes, and but then had a fine finish to uh, cap it off and win it. So it's it's so scary. I can't tell you how scary it was watching on the 17th tee with everything on this swing. I mean, big time. It's it's one thing to you're all, you can always get a little uptight there watching that shot or hitting it on a Wednesday if you're a caddy. But when the wind's blowing 20 left to right, hurt, and you basically know this swing can basically send you off the map if you mess up just a little bit. And my guy just hit a phenomenal golf shot, and it still was two steps from going in the water. That's how hard that was. <laughs> oh, my. So, yeah. so Caddy, when you get yeah. in a situation like that and you know you've got these tough holes coming down the stretch, especially those three holes and that kind of thing, your heart has to be beaten out of your chest, doesn't it? Not the caddies, but the players probably Oh, come don't. on. You tell me that no. your heart's not you're not beating out of your chest. You're totally calm and cool and collected. I can't say I'm totally calm and cool and collected, but my heart rate would not not be going up. It, that you know, different people have different physiological responses to pressure, and my heart rate would not increase like that if I was caddying. Uh, I might if I was playing, but no, not not caddying. Um, I'd say the thing that I would do that I found that I had to do. When I got in that, if I was feeling anything, I just, I had to get like completely tunnel focused. I couldn't go to any distractions at all. And that's, that's just what I would do to make sure I didn't screw anything up. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny because I've, I've caddied for a couple other people and I like to joke around and, and, and laugh and have fun. But when I get on the golf course, I get very kind of, business-like or you know I, I, I get yeah. I go I go into a different mode and, and it's game time people are like yeah it's, it's kind of and, and I think a lot of people are like well, who are you and what have you done with Mark <laughs> you know because <laughs> it's a different thing but that's just what I do um, I know that I, I can tell you the first few times that uh, the TV cameras come running up behind you or get right on you while you're saying something and you you're aware of that, right? It's, you have to kind of get used to that. 
it takes a little while to get used to that. But luckily it happened to me a lot and I got completely comfortable with it. So, right. So if you're a you're... player and that the cameraman comes up behind you when you're about to make a swing, the first time that happens, I don't think you're just not aware of that. Yeah. And that's not good because that's a, that's just something you have not done before. It's like an amateur seeing it up in his first PGA tour pro-am on the first tee. It's completely different than hitting a tee shot anywhere else in your life at that point in time. And you just like, look, the guy I worked for in his first PGA tour event, he was a club pro. He qualified. I watched him hit the first tee shot. He hit it right down the middle. I was just standing there watching. He walks over to me and he goes, I don't remember swinging. All right, uh, that'll do it. As we mentioned, uh, thanks for joining us every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, True Golf Radio, right here on 1280 The Zone. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 